Good day, listeners. Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. Porn is not victimless. In other words, porn use has consequences that negatively impact the viewer. This may seem obvious, especially to those who've developed an addiction to porn, but it's important to state the impact of porn bluntly and clearly in order to help you see it for what it really is, dangerous and harmful. In today's episode, Stephen and I will help you see multiple ways in which pornography impacts your life. Things like escaping, avoiding relationships, unhealthy fantasy, the pain and difficulty of repairing what you've broken, and more. For help in overcoming unwanted porn use, visit BeBroken.org. For even more resources, check out links in today's show notes. And would you please rate and review the podcast after listening because this really does help others find the program. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken Ministries, and Be Broken's mission is to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness in Christ and equip others to do the same. Now let's jump into today's conversation. Steven Cervantes. Hey, Jonathan. We're together again. That's right. Yeah. You're always in your nice white Christmas (laughs) shirt. Uh, That's your your brand, right? How did you know? That's it. My uniform. Khaki pants and a white long sleeve button down shirt. I love it. Well, we are going to talk today about the impact of porn. And um, there's no getting around it, right? Porn has an impact on people's lives. So, Kind of set this up for us and tell us where where you're wanting us to go today. Yes, and God give us wisdom as we talk this day. Uh, people will come in and say, I have a porn problem. And then they'll fumble around, be embarrassed, and say, I can't stop myself. Um, they'll fumble around, it's getting worse. Uh, and now I've been discovered. And so... That's the start of the dialogue, but it's like the tip of the iceberg because there's a whole program that goes with those three or four statements. And also, when you think about, you know, the word addiction is a tricky word because Mm -hmm. I never tell somebody you have an addiction. They arrive at that themselves. Uh, And it's because it's helpful for them to say, I think I have an addiction. Yeah. Because it's easy for you to say, well, you have an addiction. And it's like, it's easy to bounce that off. Well, you're not perfect either. Who do you think you are? You don't know why are you telling me that, you know, shut up. But, but when a guy arrives that I think I have an addiction, you know, what is addiction? Out of control, tried to stop, got worse, having negative impacts, looking past them. My relationships are deteriorating. Hey, mm-hmm. that's addiction. Mm-hmm. So can I, should I just keep rolling? I want yeah, you to no. jump in whenever you want. I was also going to say, uh, usually when, when a person comes and says, hey, I have a porn problem and all that, they're, they're usually also then thinking, and the, the solution is to just stop porn. And so it, sometimes what that indicates is it's yeah. like there, there's a simplistic mindset there, right? I don't want to necessarily look at all of the other areas. I just think, okay, I can see that porn, like you said, uh, I can, I've tried and I can't stop, and I've you know all these other things, broken relationships, and all that, and so they falsely assume, well, you know what, if I just stop this behavior, yes, and everything will be fine, and like think, a light switch, right? Just yeah. flip the switch, then what? And I think what we're going to see here is like the impact of porn goes goes in deep. It like there's oh. there's things that go to it at a much deeper level than just the behavioral aspect. That's of, right. Of porn. That's right. So what do I think when you say you have a porn problem? I think these things. I think, 
for years you've been practicing escaping. Whatever's difficult in your life, in the day, in your body, around you, you're good at escaping. You know how to run away. Just run away. It's hard. Run away. Or avoid. Just don't work through stuff. Just avoid it. And I, I, I think, really, it's not that you escape and run away and avoid. It's become you, you become an expert at mm. these areas. These have become your strengths now. I can run away fast and first, and I can stay away long and deep, and I can avoid things. And when people are confronting me, I can avoid them and escape and run away and avoid, escape, run away. And it's like, that's my new skill set. You know what? That's an interesting way to frame it because I think, you know, so many times anybody that's kind of in their, in their, shall we say, rational mind would look at escape, running away, and avoiding as clearly negative, unhealthy behaviors, right? Those are not helpful for your life as an individual or in relationships. And yet, I think it's, it's powerful the way that you have framed it of essentially saying, you're really good at that. That's right. Like you skills. <laughs> you know, and because it, it's almost as if to say, because then if that person is willing to admit, okay, I think I have a, an out of control porn problem. And then you're able to frame what their quote unquote strengths are. That's yeah. another self discovery that can happen of like, well, wait a second, I'm really good at avoiding. That's not really good. <laughs> You know, but I'm really strong at that. <laughs> you know, so it kind of helps. It's yeah, a way oh, to help good. them see it from a perspective of like, oh, I just want you to know you're an excellent avoider. That's right. They are. And, good job. And, and, and avoiding is a good skill. If there's a bad guy coming in the window or a fight and you want to get out, you know, that, avoiding is a good skill. But if you want to have a healthy marriage yeah, or you want to have a healthy you, friendship or work on growth. So the idea of help me stop something also means help me look at what I have developed because what I have developed isn't working. But I do it over and over and over, and I'm really good at it, mm -hmm. right? And so that's the point is it's not just a negative. This sounds bad, but there is a positive side to what's going on. And so when you look at the whole picture, you look at both of it. Because remember what you said, just, just stop it. Just stop it, okay? I'll just sit there and stop it, and I'll just be here stopped, okay? I'll just be stopped. Okay, I stopped it, so there, I stopped, okay? Well, that's not living, Mm -hmm. That's stopping something. But what happens next, right? So so you practice the opposite of these, running away and avoiding. And that's why we say, repeat this word three times. What is it? Stay, 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 yeah. stay, stay, stay. Because if you don't stay, we can't, you got, you're going to run. And if you run, you're not going to learn. You're not going to press in. Stay, stay, stay. So the second point of the impact of porn is... You are really good at fantasy, mm. right? You've had hundreds, thousands of fantasy thoughts. You become an expert in, in your own right uh, on fantasy, living in fantasy, desiring fantasy, developing a whole thought life around fantasy. Now, 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 Remember, that's the upside. You're a great fantasizer. 
But that also fits with the avoiding and the escaping, right? Because fantasy is fine when you're playing a game or watching some fantasy show. But when fantasy sort of takes over large chunks of your life, mm-hmm. you're missing something. You're somewhere else. You're in your fantasy. You're not present. Yeah, it's a, it, and another way to think of fantasy is it's a disconnect from reality in some form, right? It's it's going to be say saying now it's not a complete abandonment. Like for instance, you know you can you can have a, a fantasy about you know being a three hundred pound bodybuilder. Well, it's like okay, I can still have a body and I can still have, a, but but it's a fantasy. I'm not a three hundred pound bodybuilder. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or flying, or or whatever else. But usually, what we're talking about here with pornography is you're having fantasies around uh, around sex. You're having fantasies around maybe even uh, a relationship. And sometimes it's like you you you're placing these dreams in a disconnected state from reality. Um, and that's then it makes it challenging in reality, right? Yes. Because then if you have to now go, uh, I'll, I'll give an example. Let's say you're, you know, you're 25 years old and you're single, uh, but you have been building kind of a 12 year fantasy library. And let's even let's even not go to the the extreme of it being just purely crass and sexual. Let's say you've been building a fantasy library of what is the perfect relationship, like what is the perfect right. connection that I could have with another person. Well, how how hard then does that make it to walk across a room and initiate a conversation with another human being to actually start to try to engage a relationship? But and are you saying in a healthy what way? What I'm saying is, is what things? the fantasy does is it makes it even exponentially harder to do that in reality mm. because you've got this perfect idea in your fantasy about how all of that should go. Right. And reality doesn't reality you gotta take risks. Reality you could get burned. Reality you can get rejected. Um and so that's what I'm saying is yeah. like the fantasy just increasingly disconnects you from reality. And really, everything about porn is a fantasy. It's not. It's not real life. It's not real sex. You know. And and then you ask, how much time are you spending in fantasy, and mm-hmm. what are you building? And guys will build whole storylines of fantasy. I meet this person. They do this. I do that. And I mean, they. You you can get lost in fantasy, and you can have some guys have said to me they have like ten storylines, yeah. fantasy stories. Well, I meet this girl at the supermarket. Then I meet this girl over here at the post office or or she approaches. I mean, fantasy is wonderful when you're talking about uh, dreaming uh, of taking a trip and and just d- daydreaming, fantasizing about getting healthier and eating healthy foods and and saving money and preparing for the future and, and one day seeing God and being in heaven. Those are great healthy fantasies. And I would say one other thing on this too. I've met uh, quite a few men in recovery, even that uh, many of the behavioral elements of their addiction have been eliminated or controlled, and yet mm-hmm. they have developed such an elaborate fantasy life that that is kind of their their main ongoing struggle 
is being able to capture those thoughts, being able to redirect what thoughts, they build, being able to engage reality and come out of that disconnect. You know, yeah, because if you spend twenty years building fantasies in your mind, they just don't go away one day. Right? right. They have somehow have to be parked back and left to fade back. So, if you develop a porn addiction, porn habit, you get to one day call a stranger, a counselor, or go to your pastor, or or, or a youth minister, a church leader, another man, and say, I have a 20-year habit of porn use. Can you help me change? Because I can't change myself. I can only get worse. You get to say that, and you have to experience the shock of another person going, what? You got the secret life? I didn't know that. You look so good. You're so friendly. You're so social. And now you get to sort of come clean of all the stuff you've been hiding to another human being. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's the impact is that you have to go confess what you thought you could keep secret for life. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those things too where it gets uh, it can become exponentially more difficult the more years that you've been doing this, right? Because then I think of it this way. We, you know, we do these three-day intensives, Gateway to Freedom workshops. And, you know, we have a wide age range that comes to those workshops, right? Everything right. from a 20-year-old guy all the way up to guys in their 80s. It's true. You know what I've seen a lot of times, Stephen, is as I look at those age ranges, I think how much, relatively speaking, how much easier is it for that 20-year-old to come forward and say, I've got a problem, than a 60-year-old. And here's the reason I say that. As life goes on and you, you you get married, you have children, maybe grandchildren, you have a job or a business, or you've got now a like a community reputation or a church reputation, and you've been carrying the secret, you've been holding on to the secret, and at each stage of life where these new layers of like impressiveness of your outer self starts to build a particular reputation, it gets harder and harder and harder then to do what you're talking about here. I've got this problem. And so we're always, we're not, the the main message we want to give is it's never too late to come, but we do, there is, it gets harder because you feel like now I have to keep more of a secret because I've got all these other reputational things that could come crumbling down if I bring this out. And it's a long, ugly history. And the point of the discussion is there's an impact to this life. And when you're in the middle of it, you don't understand that. You just keep getting worse and worse and worse and not getting help and not being honest, not bringing it to the light. So I want to play off what you just said, because I've sat with many a 60-year-old man in a group with a 20-year-old. And he says, man, I'm so glad you're here. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have been here at 20. I wish somebody had told me what I'm learning today at 60, the impact of the thing you're doing that you think you can control, this little secret that you think you have all under control. And you're just getting a little worse and and a little worse and a little worse. You're not getting big worse, just little worse. 
But over time, the little, little, little becomes mm-hmm. big. And you don't realize another impact of porn in that regard is you don't realize in the moment what that is doing to kind of erode the the purpose for your life. Because, you know, the purpose of our lives is to bear God's image and be a reflection of him mm-hmm. in the world around us, his character, his love, his holiness. And so that's the insidious lie of pornography is when you are actually engaging in pornography, the moment that you're doing it, none of those thoughts are necessarily entering your mind. You're just thinking, I'm having a little me time here. Yeah. I'm getting a little pleasure here. And you're not realizing that that's, it's chipping away. It's chipping away at that glorious purpose that you're made for. I like that. I really like that thought. Your purpose, it's the exact opposite of your purpose, right? And we live by purpose. Purpose drives us. And what is your purpose? To honor our God, to pursue our God, to be a reflection of our God. But when life gets hard, we don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. We want to go be the little God and satisfy the self. So we're going down our list. And here's what I get to hear if you come and confess to me I have this problem. I get to hear extreme sadness in your voice. Mm guess what I've done to myself? Guess what I've done to my wife? Guess what's happened? I have to tell you. And there's not, you know, there's not a lighthearted fun. It's a little thing. I need a little help. Mm. It's like deep, profound sadness that something bad has happened to me that I never intended. I've gotten worse and worse and worse, and it's bad. And can you help me get back? I don't know how to get back. I can't find my clean, good, light self anymore. I'm sad. I don't know the way back. I can't get there alone. I've tried. I've turned. I've stopped. But it's just for a moment. Then I run back to the pit and make a mess. Mm -hmm. But can you help me? Can you help me get clean again? Yeah, and you know what I hear in that, and this is part of the the consequence or the impact of, of pornography is I think there's two major uh, elements or, or characteristics that are that are stripped away and stolen from us through pornography. One is joy and the other is peace. Mm. Because you you're you're increasingly losing joy in your life and joy not meaning like just fleeting happiness because you can have some pleasurable moments but the idea of like is there a, is there a contented uh smile in your soul so to speak like there's a contentedness there's a peace that is unshakable and that just gets all rattled that gets all turned upside down you you lose that i mean i when i think back to my own uh, addiction my goodness, there was no rest. There was certainly no joy because even when I would have moments where it's like, oh, I'm really enjoying my time with my spouse or I'm enjoying this time with my friends, there was always that reality of like, but they don't know what's really behind this facade that I'm putting on here. So it's like, it's hard to be joyful when only half of you is showing up. You know, joy requires yes. your whole self to yeah. be to be present, you know? That's good. 
that you could half be there and you could half enjoy, but you have a secret, a nagging secret. You're like, I can't fully enjoy this. I can't fully be present because I've got this secret, you know? Well, you know what goes along with that is if you start talking and, and your wife starts asking you questions, we might accidentally slip into a place I don't. So you talk less. Mm-hmm. Right, you gotta hide a little better and say a little less and be a little more distant. So it's like when somebody invites you to play, you can't really fully come out and play, right? Because if they see see past the wall and they see the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's why it's really hard to engage. <laughs> so this next thought that I have when you walk in and tell me I have a porn problem is you have a corrupted mind. You just have so much stuff in your head that's uh, pleasurable, but it's taunting. There's no rest, mm-hmm. right? It's always there. It's always called calling you to play, right? And and you're torn between find comfort and pleasure in the world, or in your fantasy and your thoughts and the things that. Like trigger your dopamine, right? Go have some fantasy and play with your dopamine and get arousal and pleasure. And but there's such corruption in your head. There's when you look at porn, your brain has been corrupted from what its original design was. Yeah, one of the things that comes to my mind as you say that is you have you have chaos in your head. Like I, uh, one of the things that I've discovered along the way, not only in my own recovery, but as I've seen other men recover from, from porn addiction is there is a, there is a simplicity of, of thought that Mm. I think we can have that we lose in pornography. What I mean by that is you can have, uh, recovery starts to bring about clear thinking. Like you're not, everything's not just jumbled up and like a, like constant white noise, you know, in your head. It's good. And so I do believe that what porn does is it constantly it, getting back to the issue of fantasy, right? All this stuff is interconnected, man. You're looking at porn, you're watching this, you feel you get a little pleasure pop. It starts to rewire certain things in your brain. And then you add a little fantasy to that. You put all this. And next thing you know, it's like, you can't focus at work. Oh, that's you, right. you can't even complete a five minute conversation. Because there's just chaos. There's total. There's noise all the time in your head, um, and so I think part of that's a really good point. You can't engage very well or stay very no. well. No, I mean, guys, tell me, I'm at work and I'm waiting. You're for distracted. My, my break in, mind. in yeah. my break because I'm going to go over and check my phone at my break. So I'm like working for a couple hours. Then I get a break and I got to go outside with my phone or my car with my phone. Then I have lunch and I mean, it, people get so it's exhausting and so mm-hmm. caught up in this stuff. So, but we also know when you come in and say, I've, I've developed this skill set of escaping and sexualizing, then we also know you objectify, right? A person becomes an object, mm-hmm. right? And you manipulate, right? You're always playing a game. Sometimes you're undressing somebody or using them for your sexual toy, Right, you have these skills that you've gotten good at, and and they join with fantasizing and and manipulating and objectifying and sexualizing, and they're all skills that you've gotten good at, but they don't help you get to. Jonathan's talking about peace, rest, joy, 
No, no, no. Yeah. Those are not the skills to get there. You know, the the sad thing about all of this, Stephen, is that we are designed by God for relationship, right? So, mm-hmm. so we're fundamentally designed for relationship. And everything that you just described there is guaranteeing that your life is on a trajectory to being alone. Because mm. if you're if you're objectifying, manipulating, undressing, sexualizing, you are systematically driving people away from you. It's because true. do you want to do you uh, do you want to be manipulated? No. Do you want to be objectified? No. Do you want to be undressed in somebody else's <laughs> no. mind? Like, there's all kinds of things where it's like I'm a yeah. person, I'm a human being, and and. That's not a relationship if somebody is using you in that way. And women pick it up. Absolutely. That guy makes me uncomfortable. Right. That's what they'll say. There's Something's odd. I don't like the way he acts. Women will pick it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're doing something goofy in your head around me, and I don't like it. Right. So when you say disconnect, that's a part of that too, is I have to get away from you. You're not safe. And so that's another impact of porn is the very thing that we need and we've been designed for mm. at the core of our being, which is relationship. Porn is actually systematically driving us away from that, oh, where we're going to end good. up alone. Even if, by the way, even if we're surrounded by people. In yes. other words, you can still be married and have kids and you know be involved in your church in certain ways, but you're actually you're you're increasing an alone existence because yeah. nobody knows you and you're pushing people away with those behaviors. So when you walk in and say you have this problem, you get to detox. You have to stop. You have to go cold turkey. You have to feel bad. You have to be restless and irritable, and you'll talk about, you're going to go into chaos, get ready. Mm -hmm. If you're going to not use all your tools and go that way, if you're going to go a new way, it's going to be chaotic and uncomfortable. you got to detox all this stuff out of your body and start practicing something that's new and different, and it's not comfortable. Yeah, and depending on the degree to which you have been addicted to porn, you're going to have headaches, you're going to have physical symptoms, you're going to mm-hmm. definitely be irritable and frustrated, um, you're going to feel like, uh, you know, a, a, a kid that can't get his candy, you know, I mean, it's <laughs> going to be it. yeah. all, all of that. So, so the next thing I know when a guy walks in and says, I've been doing porn for 30 years, it's like you are a stunted emotional man. You haven't been doing the deep work. Mm-hmm. Stressed? Go find fantasy. Lonely? Find fantasy. Go find porn. Scared? You know? Life's hard? Go find pan- fantasy porn. Right? So so because you escape, you don't do the deeper work. So now I know once you stop that, you're like a, a scared boy who doesn't know how to engage life well. You haven't done the deeper emotional work. And now you're waking up at 30 or 35 or 40 or 45 or 50 going, I got to get with the program and get growing emotionally. You know, it's interesting. That's one of the things that that we discovered together kind of early on in this ministry is you start seeing a pretty, pretty strong connection between whenever a guy started getting hooked on porn uh, whatever age he was when he was introduced and traumatized and then started getting hooked on it is typically around the age that he still is to this day emotionally. Yes. So like in my case, I got introduced to porn when I was 12. Well, guess what? By the time I started my recovery, I had to realize, okay, I'm an adult man, but I operate emotionally like a 12-year-old. It's like it stunted my growth That's emotionally. beautiful insight. That's really good. Because then, then you get it, guys. 
you get it. You stopped growing emotionally at 12 because the answer to everything was run away, escape, fantasy. Get a woman that will that will please you in your mind, and that's the answer to everything. Mm -hmm. But now you have to go engage life. So uh, we're, we're really designed to practice discipline, right? As we grow from children that demand into adulthood, we mature. Uh, we we do difficult things, um, but but if you practice escaping and fantasizing, that's the quick easy out. Instead of practicing the discipline required for great maturity, for adulthood, for dying to self or denying self, um, and and I've had this thought lately because life is full of suffering, and it's I want to suffer well. Mm. If I'm going to suffer, I want to suffer well. Whatever God has for me to do, am I going to flail and thrash and porn and use and drink and drug and escape? No. I'm going to suffer well. Whatever the suffering assignment is, I want to suffer well. That's the exact opposite of escaping into fantasy and porn. Yeah, everything about porn teaches you that all suffering is wrong and can't produce anything good, and yet... The, the the Christian message is exactly the opposite. It's actually through suffering that we are matured and made more like Christ. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put the last three together and then you can make any comment. Mm -hmm. You get to go home and tell your wife or or maybe you won't tell her. Your wife will tell you, Oh, you're a thirty six year old man on the outside but you're a 12-year-old boy on the inside? Mm -hmm. Let me, did I get this right? Because that makes sense to me. You are immature, and you avoid, and you don't engage well. Oh, my goodness. You're 36. I'm 36, but I'm living with a 12-year-old. I better stop there. What, well, you got a thought about that? Yeah, no, I think... Uh, uh I think it's good when we're confronted with that because then we are we can't ignore the impact of porn at that point. It's because it's affecting relationships. It is it is uh, affecting our ability to bond and connect and communicate as an adult who's on a growth mission. Mm. Um, and mm -hmm. that's the other thing too. I think that's really important to to recognize here. Everything about porn is not putting you on a growth mission. Oh. It's 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 putting you on a stay stunted, stay small, stay immature, yeah. um, and solve all your problems by running away, escaping, avoiding, and just having a, a little pleasure pop here and there. So, when you come in and say I have a porn addiction, I say, "Way to go! You get to go to group every week for the next year. You earned your ticket to the group." So you can participate to start to wake up and shake up things. You get to go in and say, I think I've developed a sexual addiction to other guys. And you get to listen to podcasts like this and do workbooks and and 40 days to purity and be broken. I mean, welcome to the club. Yeah. On the one hand, I don't want that to come across like that as a, uh, you know, a a negative thing, but it is one of those things where it's like, you know what, you're going to have to do some work. Uh, there is work involved in order to actually reverse the effects of a porn addiction. Mm. And that's the good news. And that's what we want to leave you with is that 
um, whatever, however you have been impacted in these ways by pornography, um, you're not hopeless. You're not, uh, you're not somebody that is to be discarded or marginalized. There is hope for your life to change. There's hope for you to have um, new beginnings, to mature, to go on a growth mission um, that is going to allow you to have healthy relationships and really live into the purpose for which God has designed you. And we would love you to help. We'd love to help you on that journey. So if you're a man who's struggling with pornography and say, you know what, I don't want to live in these uh, effects anymore of pornography, please reach out to us. We'd love to help you. And um, we'll uh, put some information in the show notes for where you can go for that. But just we are here to help. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.